Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This program is designed to provide general information with regards to the subject matters covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, sponsors, or station are engaged in rendering any specific and personal, medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. You should seek the services of competent professionals before applying or trying any suggested ideas. bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. And remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. And we have good in abundance today. You have tuned in purposely, consciously, conscientiously to The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore, B-A-R-R-Y, S-H-O-R-E, brought to you in here from Venice, California, overlooking the vast Pacific Ocean, and brought to you on the mystical, magical, momentous platform called K4HD.com, Internet Radio. And this show today, as you know, every single time you tune in, and right now, by the way, we have 259,713 people listening to us around the world, because this is internet radio 259,713 people hopefully by the end of the show will be topping 265,000 people and as you know this show is dedicated to one reason only the only reason I'm here the only reason you're listening is because you care about you y-o-u E-W-E. That's all you really care about. You're tuning in because you want to learn more of becoming the best you possible. Because you know in this show, we discuss that which is positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. And that enables you to become the best you possible. And we're going to throw in a lot of spice today because we're in addition to Y-O-U-E-W-E, we're talking about S-E-X. That's right, sex. Now, if that doesn't get your attention, nothing else will, because it always arouses, doesn't it? If nothing else, it arouses curiosity. And we have one of the most interesting, powerful, positive, pleasant, purposeful speakers about sex that you'll ever hear. And he's a sexy person, too. He's going to speak about sex in a very interesting way. So get ready. Get your pistols out, you sex pistol people, because we're going to really rock your show today. Now, as you know, those people who are with us every week, we have about 225, 230,000 people that listen in every single week, and then they tell their friends. That's why we have now over 259,000 people listening. And God willing, what you'll be doing is you'll be going to 
the Barry Shore website. That's B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E, BarryShore.com, because you don't want to miss a minute of this show. And if you ever did, you want to listen to it again. And if you do listen to it again, you really want to share it. You want to share this with at least five people, family, friends, and people who you think are not your friends. Because if you do that, you know what happens? You create bridges. Bridges build harmony. And the more harmony and bridge building you do in the world, you create more peace and love and joy, which is the reason you're listening. The show is called The Joy of Living. It's not called The Joy of Living. It's The Joy of Living. And we're animating it today with a deep dive and then a soar into the world of sex because it matters to everybody. You want to be the best you possible. The way you do that, by the way, on this particular show is what we do. We analyze the three fundamentals of life, which are life has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. And therefore, go mad. Go mad stands for Go make a difference. Mad, in this case, is a good thing. Go make a difference. What we do is we work with acronyms here. Acronyms are the first letter of each word in a phrase or the word itself, and we find its component parts, and we find the powerful, positive, purposeful, pleasant aspects of them because we work in neuro-linguistic programming because when you're thinking good thoughts and you're speaking good words you may be acting in a good way and if you do all that in harmony you create the world you want to live in so we work with things that will become important to you so first life has a purpose your life has a purpose go mad go make a difference and unlock the secrets and the power of everyday words and terms things that you hear about and see all the time like www what does www stand for ask anybody they'll tell you well it's something to do with the internet of course and factually speaking that's true but on this show when we unlock the secrets it stands for drum roll fanfare da -da -da -da. what a wonderful world with that tip of the hat of course to satchmo louis armstrong for making that song go viral and touching tens and hundreds of millions of people around the world www what a wonderful world and when you hear that you put a smile on your face right and smile is one of the greatest acronyms that you'll ever rememorize this stands for seeing miracles in life every day <laughs> can you get better than that smile you're smiling now seeing miracles in life every day now invariably I have a people always send in messages and they say to me, hey, Barry Shaw, I've been up for hours already. I haven't seen any miracles yet. Well, are you here? That's a miracle. Not everybody got out of bed this morning. Millions of people didn't rise up. Are you hearing this? Well, not everybody can hear. Can you see? Do you have clean water? Miracles in life every day. That's a wow. And wow, of course, a great miracle. I mean, great acronym words of wisdom and we're going to be hearing a lot of words of wisdom because this show today <clears throat> has lightning in a bottle and you'll hear why in just a moment now i must warn you in advance that your humble host does use four letter fu words and i do it liberally throughout the show so i'm just warning you in advance one of the reasons i do it is because it's fun and there you have it right away fun f you everybody f you 
capital N, capital N. That's how I spell fun. Now, of course, people send in notes and say, Maine, Mr. Shore, you only spell fun with three letters. Not how I spell it, and it's my world, right? F-U-N-N. So when you see your friends and family later and you point the finger with a big smile on your face and you say F-U, remember to add that N-N right away or you'll get querous looks. And they'll say, where'd you get that? And you say, well, Barry Shore, barryshore.com, you know, the joy of living. Because when you're having fun, you're going to create the world that you want to live in. And create is an acronym that stands for causing, rethinking, enabling all to excel. Because when you're doing that, you're forming a new kind of world, the place you want to live in. And the best way to do that is to train yourself, to train your mind, your words, your deeds, to say thank you. Thank you. Thank is the greatest acronym that you'll ever learn. It stands for to harmonize and network kindness. To harmonize and network kindness. Because when you're kind, and kind, of course, stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. When you're kind, you build a better world. Now, people in this show have been listening for a while understand that the basic level of a conscious, conscientious human is to say thank you three times a day, consciously. You want to rise up above that and really become good? Say it seven times a day. You want to become an adept? You'll say it 15 times a day. You want to become a professional thanker, which is great, by the way, 26 times a day. But let's start with the basic, three times a day. Somebody brings you a cup of coffee, and you paid for it. Thank you. Somebody held the door open for you. Thank you. Somebody didn't hold the door open for you. Thank you. Somebody cut you off in traffic. Thank you. When you say thank you to harmonize and network kindness, you're creating a better world, the world that you want to live in. Now, I want to make a moment to introduce you to lightning in a bottle. Now, I say it because this man, who I actually happen to have met a number of times, one of the more dynamic, interesting, introspective, capable human beings that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. He is an attorney, but don't hold that against him. He is a man of impeccable honesty, credentials, and willing to be a seeker of truth. Why do I call him lightning in a bottle? Because his name is Barak. Now, Barak in Hebrew or in Arabic, which is where Barack Obama got his name from, Barak stands for lightning, and he is lightning in a bottle. So we're going to introduce to you, without any further ado, one of the more interesting people you'll ever hear the pleasure of listening to and get ready to be amazed when he talks about sex in the next few decades. And now, please, Barack, Lori, please say hello to 259,713 people around the world eager to hear from you. <laughs> I say love a it. big hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. So glad to be on the show. Thank you, Barry, for having me. It's nice. I'm nice to be had, huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Okay. By the way, I love your message of gratitude. It is so powerful. You and I are so similar in this way and many other ways. But the gratitude thing is fantastic. It's, uh, it's all about connection. And that's, in many ways, I think what we'll be talking about today. Um, we, when I, whenever I go into the building and I go into the elevator and I say, I, I, the first thing I say when I leave the elevator, I turn to everyone who's in the elevator with me and I say, have a great one today and make it a great day. 
and, and people love it. And I love it. It's, it's, a, it's about connection. So we're very similar there. Thank you. Thank you, Barack. Uh, As I said, the the ability to harmonize and network and make connections with kindness is the essential element of the human being. And let's jump right into something right away. Now, I I gave everybody the background. Fine, you're an attorney, and you're not just an attorney. You're very successful. You're not just very successful. You went to Stanford. You went to UCLA. You went to Anderson School of Business. And for people listening from all over the world, those are big bona fides. In addition, that he was the lead counsel for a man named Mr. Sterling, who was one of the largest uh, property owners in all of Los Angeles and the owner of the LA Clippers before he sold it for several billion dollars to Mr. Steve Ballmer, who was the president of Microsoft. Barack is a an accomplished being in many aspects. The most important aspect, though, is that he is a husband, a father, That's right. and a friend. And it's his seeking that really makes me interested in him. I'm going to do just a little background he's going to speak about just for a few moments because we really want to get to sex. That's where everybody's leaning. They're on the edge of their chair, Barack. You know, you can't talk about some things on the radio and talk about lawyers and business. I mean, that's all nice stuff. But hey, let's get to the real good stuff. But here's what's really interesting in Barack Lurie. Barack Lurie, we won't go into the details, but suffice it to say, and you've got to trust me in this, and when you go to barryshore.com, B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E.com, and you download the show and you read all the background stuff about him, you'll see his lineage. He can trace his lineage back thousands of years. I won't go into his forebears, but suffice it to say that King David, the author of the Psalms, is one of his forebears. But leave that aside for the moment. The reason I'm mentioning is because Barack struggled for years with this idea of a God that created life ex nihilo. And in the year of 2017, he came out with an amazing book. And the book was that atheism kills atheism destroys. Let's just speak a few minutes about that, Barack, because I think it's going to be a great way of leading into the next leg, excuse the pun, when we spread them, about sex. Right. Well, I'd love to talk about that because it's it's, uh, more connected than you may even know. Uh, When I wrote this new book called Rise of the Sex Machines, uh, it was originally going to be the first chapter in my follow-up book, which was going to be called and, and will be called Atheism Destroys. But as I was writing that first chapter, it got longer and longer and longer. And finally, I said, you know what? I need to make a separate book out of this. So here it is. The book is called Rise of the Sex Machines. And it's about how our culture and technology is destroying marriage sex, and most importantly, relationships. It's all changing. We are uberifying, if you will, the notion of relationships and sex so much that it becomes so trivialized. So would you like, do you want me to talk about the atheism kills first or the the basic premise of that? Well, let's do the Um, following. Yes, I think it's important because, as you said, it they, they are bound together because one is a natural concomitant of the other. If atheism yes. is a, a force in the world, and it is, and it does kill, 
then almost as a natural consequence, it will cause the downfall of what we lived with, thank God, for many hundreds of years, which was an attempt for humans to live in a connected world. So yes, let's talk about atheism kills first. That's right. Again, just a few minutes, sure. just because it's important. Yeah. It's, a, it's a stepping stone. I, I wrote this book, Atheism Kills, for purposes of showing that it's not so much that uh, it, it was to address that canard that people would say that religion has caused more death than anything else. I always hated that uh, because it's so palpably false. In, in fact, atheism, godlessness, has, called, uh, has caused so many more millions, uh, hundreds of millions of deaths than uh, anything that religion may have done. In fact, uh, they always focus on the Crusades and the Inquisition. That is but a drop in the bucket when compared to what atheism has wrought for uh, civilization. So atheism was highly destructive. And, and I showed how it not only literally kills, uh, actually do a body count in one of my chapters called Murder by Numbers, but it also kills creativity, it, it kills beauty and purpose and so many other things. So Atheism Kills is going to be one of uh, three books, and it still is the first of three books. Atheism Destroys will be coming out. And the first chapter, like I just mentioned, was about how godlessness, atheism, kills relationships. This is really, really critical here. The fact is that we are relationship animals, but it's much easier not to have relationships. And that's what a world without God is encouraging us to do, to live in a world without relationships. So when you think about it, you know, the, the Torah is all about relationships. God wants one thing out of us. When you think about it, it's one thing. He wants us to be good to each other. Barry, you, you talked about this yourself when you, you talk about gratitude. You see, you want to say thank you all the time. It's every time you say thank you, you're, you're expressing an appreciation for the other person doing whatever he might have done for you, as small as it may be. You're also appreciating that this person has free will. And so you're recogni recognizing his godliness. Whenever you don't say thank you, you are not recognizing that godliness. This is very important. That one aspect is so powerful. It's easier to, to not say thank you. It's easier to avoid all these issues. I, I find that a really fascinating um, world that we live in right now, and we're getting away from God more and more. So look at the Torah. The Torah is all about relationships. Let me introduce, let me introduce I need to introduce something right now, Barack. We have a worldwide sure. audience, so I just want to make sure that everybody understands uh, terminologies. So the term that Barack is using now called Torah, T-O-R-A-H. If you do a Google search, you'll find that um, more than likely Torah will be, uh, the equivalent will be the Bible. The uh, Torah is, right. for, for want of purposes for the moment, the first five books of the Bible, often called the first five books of Moses. And that's what Barak is referencing when he's speaking about the Torah. Uh, use the word right. Bible for yourselves so you understand that what Barak is referring to here is that the world does have a creator, ex nihilo, that's the premise, and that the creator has a desire for the creations, us, and that is that we should live 
together. We were not created to live individually. We were created to live in harmony, in relationships, and the recognition, as Barack pointed out, the term recognize is two words, recognition. Cognition means to think about. Recognition, obviously, is to think again, to recognize the other person's godliness. In other words, if I'm created in the image of God, as is you, Barack, and as all the 259,000 plus people are, if we are, rec- if we are created in the image of God, then to not recognize this is to, excuse the expression, dis-God, and therefore right. dissolve something called relationships, and therefore bring disharmony and disaster disaster to the world. So I just want to interject. So when he's speaking the Torah, right. he's talking about the Bible. Thank you. Please continue. Right. Sure, of course. And in the Bible, when you think about it, uh, every one of the stories, you can look at it from the standpoint of, okay, well, the Bible gives us the rules, and that the Bible tells us parables, all of which are true. However, you can also look at the Bible as a book about relationships, right? You've got the, the relationship between Cain and Abel, uh, between uh, Jacob and his sons, between uh, Joseph and his brothers, between uh, Moses and Pharaoh, uh, David and Goliath, and, and Samson and Delilah. All, all these stories are about relationships, aren't they? And how we can learn from those relationships. It's, it's the most powerful thing that we have that, 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 that God wants from us. And so here we come to our sexy stuff. Sex, right? What is yeah. sex? <laughs> I, I was, I'm always fascinated by sex. You know, when you think, and we all are, right? I mean, it's, it's not as if, you know, when you have a song, about, music is all about sex. There are books about sex. There's movies about sex. Advertising uh, focuses a lot on sex. Uh, but you don't see too many people, uh, too many songs, for example, about cappuccinos. Yeah, right? You don't see too many <laughs> songs about great uh, skateboarding or whatever. It's, it's you know, I, I think there are very few of those. But, you know, they're very pleasant. You know, a cappuccino is great. I love mountain biking. That's great, too. I love a good risotto. That's good. But it doesn't motivate me in the same way that, well, it does motivate me. But the question is, why is sex so pleasurable? Right? I mean, yes. does it really have to be on a scale of 1 to 10? Why does it have to, why is it a 30? Right? I mean, you can get me to do a lot of things. Uh, you can even get me to reproduce the species. If you, if you just make it pleasant like an eight instead of a 30. Mm-hmm. But no, 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 it's a 30. And everyone talks about it in their poems and all the things we just talked about. Why is it a 30? And I, it was a conundrum for me for, for literally decades. Why? And I finally figured it out, Barry. Yes, yes. I'm because, on the edge of my seat. <laughs> because when we have meaningful sex, when we are engaged in that, it's, we are participating in the act of creation. God is rewarding us with an opening toward the great glory of creation. He gets, it is so ecstatic, the, the, the world of sex, that you feel like you have a spiritual moment. Many people talk about this, that, that somehow in the act of great sex, they are feeling a moment of great spirituality. Not the same with the cappuccino, Barry. 
<laughs> there's something very different about about sex and we all know it's true that's the that's the thing it, you're tapping into exactly what we you should know already when i'm saying this to people when they're hearing it now on your show they're saying you know that Brock lurie guy he's right that's exactly what i feel that is the reason why it is so pleasurable it's a reward. We are, we are deputies in God's creation. He wants us to multiply. He wants us to have deep and meaningful relationships. He wants us to give to each other. That is what makes God smile so much, when we are good to each other. And there's nothing like great uh, intimacy in the, in the realm of marriage in particular that, that uh, shows that the most. Let's, let's, take a, let's go off from there. I think you just touched on the word that I have been waiting for you to say. Sex in and of itself is truly pleasurable. In my humble opinion at the moment, intimacy is the 30 and then cubed. It's that touch of the beloved. It is the smell of the beloved. It is the the, the, how should we say it, the thought even of the beloved as a, not so much the act, even the act itself is truly <laughs> orgasmic. It really is. It's, but the, right. everything that is associated with it, uh, growing up, again, I'm older than Barack, but we're only talking chronological stuff for the moment, so it doesn't matter. But when I was growing up, there were two great books that everybody had on their shelves. One was the joy of cooking, and the other was the joy of sex. And they were right next to each other, and they were both dog-eared. And, and one had more stains than the other, I wouldn't tell you what, which, but the point is that the, the interesting thing is that the joy of cooking is such that it's not the food that you're eating, oh, that's wonderful, and you eat and then you go away. It's all the things that are involved in the process of creating the the intimacy that's going to happen with food. But food, of course, is, is, is an ephemeral type of situation. Sex also, even though it's ephemeral, it has such a longer lasting shelf life, much like gratitude, and that it's a thick book. It's a beautiful book because we're talking about intimacy, the erogenous zone, and that in and of itself. Yes, please. Yeah. And, and that you're touching upon something so wonderful. I mean, we need to compare ourselves sometimes to animals. And, and in this case, we're talking about sex. Animals do not have the same intensity about sex that, than we do. I mean, they have a desire for sex, but it, it's purely instinctive. It's not as if a lion says to himself, I wonder what this lion, the, the female lion thinks of me. <laughs> how can I be a better lion for her? You know, uh, how can I impress her? It, it's, it's not like that. We, we seek, as humans, we seek a oneness with each other that the animal kingdom just does not have. They are programmed, and God bless it, that's the way they should be. But once they, uh, they spawn, as the, you know, or, or mate, whatever you want to call it, they're done. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. But there's something very different about us, about we humans. And the, the female human is wildly different than virtually every, in fact, every other female mammal. We are, there's just no comparison. There is something that God wants of us. And, and, and here comes the big kicker. 
in the, in the book, Rise of the Sex Machines, it's my new book, it's all about how we have trivialized sex. By taking God out of the picture, we have now stripped away the holiness, the purpose of sex, and the joy of sex, uh, and, and only talked about the orgasm itself. We are only going for the orgasm. It's a little bit like that movie Sleeper by Woody Allen from a long time ago, where everything has been reduced so much to just the sexual uh, climax that uh, everyone has gone frigid. And the only thing that they can do in order to get uh, their excitement is to go to this machine called an org- orgasmatron. Right. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they treat it like uh, the same way that you might... They treat sex the same way that you might uh, enjoy an ice cream on the street. Okay, here it is. You want some ice cream? Sure, why not? And then they're done with it. They don't think about the sex the rest of the day. But Barry, that's the way it is today now in the sexual world. The way people treat each other with Tinder and the other hookup websites today is exactly like that. It's uh, both men and women are doing the same thing where they just find each other. Are they available for a quick hookup? Sure, why not? It's a lot of fun, and they don't have relationships. Why would they, Barry? Here, we're living at a time where marriage is no longer considered important. We're living at a time where children are no longer considered important. If that's the case, then why would you get married? Why would you stay with somebody for the rest of your life, no less? And why, for, for God's sake, as it were, why would you only have sex with this person and commit to only this person for the rest of your life? I'm saying that not because I believe that, of course I don't, but that's the, that's the attitude and that's the belief that so many young people today have. And here's, and, and they look at us like we are missing out, like they're having all this sex and they're looking at us like we're missing out. But the truth there is that they are the ones missing out. They do not enjoy the great oneness when it comes to intimacy that you and I know is really the real purpose of sex and of relationships, the godliness of sex, the great gift of sex. So that, this is truly wondrous. Yeah. So at one and the same time, this is appalling and yet it's <laughs> inspirational. Why? First of all, the name of this show is called The Joy of Living. People tune into this show purposely, conscientiously, because they are in, they care about themselves, Barack. Let's be blunt. blunt. The most listened to radio frequency in the world is WIIFM. WIIFM stands for What's In It For Me. Now, when you get past the point of recognizing that you do have an animal spirit and you recognize also that there is something essentially spiritual about you, then you become both an aspirational and an inspirational being. Because to live in the world of the animal part of you denigrates to live in the part of aspirational and inspirational elevates. And it's much better and more exciting and fulfilling and energizing to live in the world of inspiration than in deprivation. And when you continue to deprive, deprive yourself of the intimacy that comes along with 
the joy of marriage, the joy of children, the joy of living in growth mode, which is what happens as a result of relationships. Let's be blunt. Barack Laurie, mm-hmm. as I said, so he's an attorney. So if you go to, in quotation marks, a party, and they ask you, well, who are you? What they're asking you is, what is your profession? Now, if you say, well, I'm a father. Thank you very much. Who cares? Uh, I'm a husband. Well, thank you. Who cares? I'm, uh, I have three children. Who cares? Oh, I'm an attorney. Oh, well, you're an attorney. But that we recognize that that is so limiting. And yet the reason people listen to this show and are listening to you is because they want to expand their self. They want to understand. They want to. A self is, is called a soul expressing yeah. life fully. Yes, please. More. Tell me. I, I, I love what you're saying because it dovetails beautifully. And if I were to ask you, Barry, actually, no, if I were to ask most people today, not you, because you'll see where I'm going with this. If you were to ask the average person today, a hundred years ago, what their, how they identify themselves, they would answer as follows. I am a husband. I am a father. I'm an American. I'm a Christian or a Jew and maybe a couple of other things. That's what they would say. Today, I started in the 70s, starting in the 70s, that changed. It started to be, uh, I'm a Hispanic American. I'm a black man. I am a woman who is Jewish and a feminist. Uh, and that lasted for a few decades until the first decade of this new century where it changed yet again. How so? It changed, wait for it, to what is your sexual preference and how do you identify yourself sexually? What are you attracted to? And so they have these 57 genders and it's increasing every day, of course. And you and I, Barry, and all your listeners and everyone else, we're all supposed to be on this spectrum of the sexual identities and how we chase our orgasms. That's how they want you and everyone else to identify themselves. How do you, what are you attracted to? What, what turns you on? And that is the devastation, the devastating blow that's going to happen to relationships. Why? Because in the past, whenever you thought about marriage, you would say, oh, I, I love this man. He completes me. I love this woman. Uh, I, I feel like we are one when we are together. I want to do everything for her. Her pain is my pain. Her, his joy is my joy. These are the, the ways that we would talk about uh, other people. There was a sense that there was an obligation to whoever you're uh, going to be with. Yes, there, w- there would be sex involved, for sure, but there was an understanding that it was about the relationship. Today, you are expected to identify yourself as a bisexual, a pansgender um, you know, bisexual with a, with a twist of lemon. I don't know. Crazy <laughs> stuff that's going on. But, but that's what they expect you to say about yourself. And that's how they want you to think about yourself. But in none of these things, Barry, these 57 plus uh, genders, none of them does it say anything about relating to somebody else. Not one of them. It's all about what, what excites you, what turns you on. Barry, if we live in this kind of world, we're doomed. Yes. But I have uh, 
Well, on that on that high note, I just want to make two things. Uh, one is when I hear a fifty-seven, because I'm chronologically older than most everybody listening, I think of Heinz, fifty-seven varieties of ketchup. Or something like that. <laughs> so, okay. The other thing is we're going to take a we're going to take a quick uh, one and a half minute commercial break. Don't go away, everybody, because Barack is back with more lightning and discussion about sex and you and self-realization because it's really all good but we just want to make sure that when he talks about the sex machine he's not talking about that famous song that you all know from the uh, R&B 70s so stay right here we're just going to take a, a quick one and a half minute break and here we go for the commercial break and here's the question are you worried are you stressed do you worry that you stress too much are you concerned about being in traffic do you feel at all that you're under pressure all the time well if you do there is relief and it's spelled b-a-r-r-y-s-h-o-r-e barryshore.com go to www.barryshore.com and you can get the 11 strategies for living in joy daily and here's the best part it's free free or your money back by the way money back guarantee if you feel at all that you need the ability to go beyond yourself to grow and to realize the true benefit of being you go to barryshore.com and get the 11 strategies for living in joy daily they're free or your money back barryshore.com and we'll be right back now Okay, back to our show with Barack Laurie, who's discussing with us the doomsday model. Now, I want to put this into, into context. So we are talking about this on this show. It's called The Joy of Living. So we want to be on the upbeat. And the upbeat is that in order to know to have an upbeat, you also have to have a downbeat because they work in tandem. That's what makes rhythm and beauty and mo- motion and movement. So... Barack, I think, has been focusing on what happens is when one focuses on oneself alone, that's what happens. You become alone, you become self-absorbed, and when you be enter into a relationship, and when the relationship, by the way, is called marriage or not, it doesn't matter, it can be called friendship, by the way, because relationships are about growth. See, the reason you want to be in a relationship is because you want someone else to be able to give you insights in the most loving, beautiful way of how you can become the best you possible. That's why you're here. You're not here just to physically enjoy all the time because that will diminish you. You want to grow in life. Let me just bring you back into a a couple of things, Barack, so we can talk about it. Um, You've discussed before about how feminism itself has wrought a destructive path. Now, I was yeah. I was preparing for the, the show, and, and I remember, again, chronologically, I'm 71 years old. And when I had a deep relationship with a wonderful woman who I almost married, um, it was back in 1963. And that year uh, was the, the came out a book that I think helped change uh, the way women saw themselves. And, and not only for the good, but it was a, a, a really interesting um, time. And the book was a book called The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan. Yeah. Uh, right. And it was it was a blockbuster because it 
ripped the mask off certain myths that had been uh, promulgated, and it was a mechanism, she thought, to help liberate people in a positive manner. Again, it was an angry sort of book, but the point is that it was the beginning of what was seen as, in quotation marks, a sexual revolution, followed a few yeah. years later, 1970, by a, another amazing book, which I also read also because, again, I was in loving relationships with beautiful women, um, one at a time, of course. Uh, but this book was called The Female Eunuch. I'm not sure if you know, familiar with the book by Germaine Greer. And that book also was supposedly written to unshackle women in a, in, a, in a positive way. It was, of course, pointing a finger at these male-dominated uh, situations, but it was really about enabling women and men to have relationships that were on an equal footing in the sense of being partners in progress. And I find now, looking back, that they, what they did, unfortunately, was create the revolution, but much like what happened in Cuba, and with Che Guevara and killings, and as you pointed out, atheism and, and killing fields, it didn't stop there. It went further and further until what you're talking about. Tell us what you mean by sex robots. Is that true or you're making that up? Right. No, I, I'm, it's very true. The, uh, we are going into a world where when we destroy relationships, and feminism itself is a destroyer of relationships, at least the original one. When we do that, uh, and we tell everyone that, uh, you know, if you, someone says approach a woman, that's harassment. If you look at her the wrong way, that's harassment. If you ask her on a date, it's harassment. Uh, and if you do have sex with her, well then, in the middle of it, she decides she doesn't really feel as into it any, anymore. That's rape all of a sudden, or even worse yet, she can accuse you of rape because she regrets the sex a month later what do you think that men are going to do? I mean, women are terrifying for a lot of men, and especially for young <clears throat> teenagers today who are looking, you know, to, to the, their future. And all they hear about is how the, the possibility of touching a girl can lead to horrific sexual charges. So they are terrified that they see sex uh, as a minefield. And it is dangerous from day one. So they're reluctant to, to go to girls. But look, then you, then you have uh, all these other factors that are going into the, it's a, the, me, the me too factor uh, and the fact that the relationships don't matter and kids are no longer valuable and are not cherished. Marriage is just a piece of paper. Well, if it's all about the orgasm, doesn't a sex robot, and I'm saying this cynically, doesn't a sex robot satisfy all those problems? Right, you, you don't have children. Um, you're not hurting anyone. You can't rape anybody. You can't assault anybody, and you're you're, you're minding your own business. Why should a feminist have any problem with that? And remember, feminism started off with the famous line from Irina Dunn: uh, a, "A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle." That, that is the death knell of of relationships, isn't it? Yes. It's, it, when you when you when that phrase comes out, it's basically saying we don't need no stinking relationships, but you do. Every woman needs a man, and every man needs a woman. We all need relationships. We, we are relationship creatures. But that was that was this notion, and, and mothers started telling their daughters, "Go for the career first, the man second, and you don't need to get married, and you don't need to have children." So guess what? <laughs> they don't have children. They don't get married. 
And the men have internalized the message too. They, they've been told over and over again that they're not needed. Uh, so they're not looking for relationships. And, it's, uh, and, and now they're going toward any sort of other sexual satisfaction. Now, these, these sex robots uh, are coming on the scene right now. They're, they're technologically very advanced, and they're getting more and more advanced. And uh, you're seeing it in Japan especially. They are completely abandoning relationships altogether. And here is something that will supposedly save, uh, save the planet and resolve all sorts of issues that women complain about men. Uh, and that is that there's no harassment, there's no rape, there's no pregnancy, there's no sexual, sexually transmitted diseases. And uh, a feminist should, should have no problem with this. If she says truly that a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle... Well then, there's really no, there should be no problem here. And are they having, are they having a problem with it? You're saying women don't like the idea of a sex robot. Well, you would think they would, and they they do. And you'll see, Barry, seven to ten years from now, you're going to hear the following phrase over and over again: "I lost my man to a sex robot." Oh my gosh! You're going to hear that. Now, I want to emphasize everybody, Barak is a spiritual person. He's been talking about the Bible. He is not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. However, however, he is a man who understands, because he studies, he understands human nature. And if he's making this statement now, it is probably based in reality, and you're going to see it happen because Barack Laurie, as a trained attorney, understands something about human nature as a businessman, as a father, as a husband, and as a son, as a friend, Mm -hmm. and as an astute observer of our current situation. So you're telling us, Barack Laurie, with, first of all, the book. And everybody should be thinking about and then getting the book. Let's look at the two books in the, in, the, in the trilogy. So the first book in the trilogy is called Atheism Kills, and it does, Atheism Kills. The second book in the trilogy is The Rise of the Sex Machines. The Rise of the Sex Machines. And everybody should be looking at those, get those books, because they're important to understand who you are, because Everybody listening here, 259,000, actually now it's over 265,000 people listening around the world are here because you want to be the best you possible. You do not want to succumb, be you man or woman. You do not want to succumb to this morass, this muck and mire of non-sexual, non-improving world where relationships don't matter. Relationships are the key to living. I just got the note that we have only two minutes left, wonderful Barack. Wow, does that time go by fast when you're having fun? <laughs> it does. So we're going to have to say, a, 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 bid you a fond adieu, and that's not a, a well, cookie dish, but let's wrap it up. Give me a, 30 seconds yeah. of your best wisdom. All right. Well, this book, Rise of the Sex Machines, is actually a love, it's, it's an ode to relationships, how wonderful relationships are. I, we need to rediscover the beauty of relationships. Sometimes you don't know uh, that you're missing something until it's gone. And that's what this is all about. 
And here's the good news. I told you that it's going to be good news. Those, the people who will resist will be those who truly have a deep love of God in their lives. You and me, Barry. I, it'll be, robots will be anathema to us and to men like us. But to others, well, they're going to be lost. But there is hope out there. Focus on the relationships. Everything is about the relationships. It's just like you say, Barry, and I love your, your message of gratitude and kindness. Just keep on relating to people, <laughs> no matter where they are. Not just your, your wife and husband, but your friends. Even the, the person on the street that you see uh, who's in front of you in line or whatever. It's all about that. God wants us to communicate to each other incessantly. And if you do that, you're going to have a wonderful life. What a wonderful world. WWW, wow, words of wisdom, smiles, seeing miracles in life every day. F you, everybody, fun, F U N N, create, cause rethinking, enabling all to excel, and thank. Thank, thank regularly, consciously, conscientiously to harmonize and network kindness. And on those wonderful words, Barack, I'm giving you a huge hug and saying these words as we go out an ode to joy. Because that's what he's been telling us an ode to joy. Go forth, live the life, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Bye, everybody.